0: Since 2010, many of us Montana residents, business owners, sportsmen and women, and conservationists join forces under the banner of Montanans for Healthy Rivers to identify and conserve the last best free-flowing rivers in Montana. Some of the greatest river stewards and boots on the ground helping to protect our rivers day in and day out are guides. From a guiding perspective, I can tell you that sustainability and preservation is my ultimate goal. My name is Kinsley Scott, I'm a Montana native and guide, and I have been with Montanans for Healthy Rivers for years now. Welcome to River Ramble Guides Edition. In this series, we will hear from guides and outfitters from across the state in various regions of the proposed grassroots legislation Montanans for Healthy Rivers Coalition is currently fighting for. The Crown of the Continent proposal would protect 200 river miles in the heart of Montana, and the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act would preserve an additional 336 miles of river within the pristine Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Today we are chatting with a champion of conservation and beloved industry icon, Hillary Hutchison. She is representing the middle fork of the Flathead tributaries, which include Clack, Gateway, Schaefer, and Strawberry Creek in the Crown of the Continent proposal. Hill is here to share why protection of this area is so important.
1: Hey, Hillary, are you there?
2: Hello. Hello.
1: There's a bit of a delay, just so you know. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we have Hillary Hutchison on the line with us. So, Hillary, for those that don't know you, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I um. Well, I'm up here in the Flathead Valley, so northwest Montana. I'm a fly fishing guide up here, and uh, I own a fly shop here in my hometown. I grew up here in this town, Columbia Falls, Montana, and um, geographically, this is just uh, at the west entrance to Glacier National Park. So I'm guiding on the middle fork of the Flathead, which is the southwest boundary of Glacier National Park, and the north fork of the Flathead, which is the western boundary to Glacier National Park. And then... um, through the main stem and, uh, down the Flyhead Lake. So, yeah. That's fantastic. So how, how long have you been guiding up there? Well, I started in high school and, um, guided throughout high school and college and then have quit lots of times, let my guide's license expire lots of times and, um, <laughs> you know, keep, keep coming back. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, so for the last 27 years, I guess I started 27 years ago and then have um, gone away from it and went to college and then I'd come back and uh, guide through college and, and uh, then went away from it when I went in to work in news and then came back and then went away from it to work in um, public relations and came back. And now I've been in it full time um, and, and running my fly shop here for many years now, um, in Columbia Falls and, in West Glacier. So I'm, I've given up giving up, <laughs> no, more, no more quitting. I've tried lots of times to not guide and, and not cause I don't like it. I really love guiding, but I also knew that I, um, would probably continue to guide, um, throughout my life at different times. And, um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, find other things and fishing and in the outdoors and, um, and with people and check some stuff out. So um, I did and managed to continue to keep fishing throughout.
1: That's awesome. I think that's a sentiment shared with a lot of guides, right? You know, guiding to to some is this romantic idea of, you know, and don't get me wrong, I I too love my job, but, you know, this romantic idea of, oh, you're on the water every day and you just have this beautiful office and that is all true. But at the same time, you know, summers are kind of uh, eaten up. You know, we don't get to yeah. go and go for a long backpacking trip. Um, you know, you got to make hay while the sun's mm-hmm. shining. So I I completely understand <laughs> where you're coming from on that.
2: Yeah. No, I, I never got tired of it. I never really um, didn't want to do it. But I, I knew it I kind of felt like it would be there that I'd always probably find my way back to it and could try some other things and keep coming back, which is what I did. And, and, um, now just because it is a pretty seasonal thing, especially here, my season's a bit shorter than your season too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have the, the best squalor hatches like you've got down there in the Missoula area. So our spring comes a little later, we're doing some lakes and stuff like that, Our rivers don't really start popping till later. And we don't, Go as late in the season, so I do have plenty of time in the winter time to um, to do yeah. some other things in fishing. Yes,
1: absolutely. So yeah, kind of kind of honing in on more of where you are in the world and why we have mm-hmm. you on here today. I have you representing the four tributaries under the Crown of the Continent proposal for the Middle Fork of the Flathead. Um, yeah, those include Gateway Creek, which under this protection will have 8.15 miles. Schaefer Creek comes in at 8.7. Clack Creek comes in just under 10. And Strawberry Creek comes in at 13.16 miles. So in total, in your neck of the woods, we're looking at 39.95 miles that would be be protected under this proposal out of the 200 miles in total in the Crown of the Continent bill. So for our listeners that, Yeah, for listeners that aren't familiar with the area, you kind of gave us a geographical location, but can you kind of put a pin further into, you know, where the middle fork of the flathead originates and where it flows into and what it flows into?
2: Sure. I mean, it's awesome because even though for me, it's like this amazing little micro zone of my world, like everything that's important to me has to do with this place. But um, for people who don't know the area, you can identify with it by saying something like the ocean. The Pacific Ocean, because this, <laughs> is headwater, this flows into the actual ocean. So, if you've ever heard of the Columbia, you know, if you've ever heard of, of um, the ocean, this is this is kind of the tippy top of it. So. Um, just to kind of give people some perspective of where it is, you know, you've got the continental divide and then the water that's coming off of that that's flowing toward the ocean this direction is um, the zone where I am in northwest Montana. So it originates out of the Bob Marshall Wilderness Complex in a little confluent zone of Strawberry Creek and Bull Creek. Strawberry Creek's one of the um, ones on the list there on the crown of the continent proposal. So super teeny tiny little pieces of water that are really important because they come together, Bull Creek and Strawberry come together, and then um, they meet up with what is just a slightly bigger trickle, and that's going to be the beginning of the Middle Fork of the Flathead, and that's known here as the Upper Middle Fork. Um, So that's in the Bob Marshall Wilderness Complex coming through the Great Bear Wilderness, and then um, that has federal protection under the Wild and Scenic Rivers Protections Act, and um, it comes down to where it meets up into what we call the middle fork. Um, So you've got the upper middle fork and then that goes through the Great Bear Wilderness and then where the Great Bear Bear Wilderness ends that a spot called Bear Creek and that's where the middle fork begins. And so now you've gone from um, these high level of of, um, wild protection and it goes directly into um, another level of protection which is recreation and um, that goes into A really cool stretch where we do a lot of overnights on the Middle Fork, um, kind of goes through these cool zones, um, Bear Creek, Paola, Essex, Cascadia, Moccasin Creek, some really prolific names in this area, including 10-mile whitewater commercial stretch, where a lot of people know uh, we have our um, commercial whitewater rapid stretch. A lot of people go whitewater rafting there. And that is um, one of my favorite day stretches for fly fishing. I do a lot of whitewater fly fishing here. It's super fun. Um, It's pretty well-known. Uh, When people come to Glacier National Park, they know about it. So the big draw being Glacier National Park and then this river being the southern boundary to the park. And then it continues on um, to meet up with the North Fork of the Flathead, which, as I mentioned, is the western boundary. Those join up at this place called Blankenship Bridge, which is just about nine miles outside of the town of Columbia Falls, Montana, where my fly shop is. Those guys flow together and then they meet up. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. They meet up with the um, South Fork. Uh, of the Flathead, um, which is in Hungry Horse, and that's just before Columbia Falls as well. Th- those all together are the main stem, and they'll flow down into Flathead Lake, which is the largest freshwater lake this side of the Mississippi. And then coming out of Flathead Lake, um, the Flathead, the lower Flathead River, uh, flows into Lake Ponderé and then into the Columbia and then into the ocean. Fantastic description and extremely thorough. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's great! (laughs) I think about this river all the time. It's like (laughs) (laughs) that is fantastic. So something we talked about. So also, I should say, um, I don't know if we covered, but the Middle Fork of the Flathead River already is a designated Wild and Scenic River. So protection of these four tributaries at the headwaters. Why? Why is that important? If the Middle Fork of the Flathead already has this this federal designation.
2: Right. Well, you know, these rivers that have designation, granted, are very, very special and very important, but they're not just in this bubble all of a sudden where they just stand alone and and just things bounce off of them. Um, Their water is glacial fed, groundwater, snowpack, um, pretty delicate in the way that we get our water. And... um, those ephemeral streams that are above them are super important. And there, there are a lot of tributaries that are adding to this river. And um, if any of those are taken out of the mix, um, you suddenly are compromised with your water. And not only that, the intact ecosystem. So the reason that these zones are so key is because in terms of fly fishing, which is, Kins, I know what you, what you care about, um, largely the uh, this is really a place where you can come to catch a native westlip cutthroat trout in an intact ecosystem. And that intact ecosystem piece is our competitive edge and what makes this zone extremely important. And it has so many of those ORVs, outstandingly remarkable values. I mean, it's such a cool little acronym, you know, these (laughs) ORVs are just like, um, all throughout that zone, but it's not, it's not like it's just the river that has them without those, headwater streams, um, without those four that you mentioned, especially Clack, Gateway, Schaefer, and Strawberry, um, the river cannot be what it is as it is now protected. So when you start to think about the protections of that river, um, you take those little creeks for granted because, um, well, for one, they have been you know protected largely under the clean water rule, um, which now... Uh, we don't have anymore. Um, it, it recently went away under the current administration, and and so those are you know a lot of those ephemeral streams are really up in the air in terms of um, the danger and and um, how protected they can be. So um, having something that is specifically for them. Isn't just for them. Like a lot of people, like, well, I'm never going to go there. I'm never going to see it. I mm-hmm. don't even know anybody who's really been there to this eight miles or this eight point seven miles or thirteen miles or ten miles, you know, of these little creeks. Why does it matter? Well, you're talking about protecting um, the Middle Fork of the Flathead, and and there's a there is a lot of science that went into deciding why these rivers were chosen for this potential um, proposal. Because and, and the reason is is because not just of what they are standing on their own, but where they flow, what they do to that intact ecosystem, how they support each other um, because they're all connected. And ultimately, it's about the humans that are downriver, um, you know, we've got Absolutely. some really important municipalities and some really important economic interests and lots of stakeholders in this. And those are all downstream. We're not just talking about, you know, saving fish. Um, it's about saving people. And, um, and so that's why those are so key. So to answer your question about, well, we already have this middle fork that's protected, um, it's not bulletproof if its little headwater creeks are not protected. Everything flows downriver. So um, that's kind of the key with that is that it's all connected, and um, and we need to think about, you know, what surrounds these these zones in this intact ecosystem.
1: Absolutely. It'd be the catalyst of the domino effect, right? I mean, what happens yeah. upriver happens down on an even greater scale yeah so yeah you bet well put. Happened,
2: to us. It happened to us directly
1: Yeah. well put that fantastic so so issues like this you know you spending so much time with clients in the boat how do you share such important conservation issues that are facing Montana currently with with clients how does that dialogue uh, either come about or or
2: um, go you know it's So interesting and refreshing how sophisticated anglers are these days. I don't bring it up. I don't have to bring it up. People ask questions and they ask important questions and they're looking to me for science-based answers. They're not just wanting my opinion. They're like, you're the expert here. And when they say to me, you're the expert, um, they're not talking about like how to cast or how to rig their rod or where to find the fish. They want to know what's going on here. When people come to this area, this is the crown of the continent, this zone up here. This, When people come here, um, they're not just coming here for ice cream and to walk around and, you know, try to see a glacier. They're doing their homework. And when they get on my boat, I'm shocked. Actually, I have been for the last, I'd say probably in the last five years the questions have been so sophisticated and the people coming here have already done their homework to learn about this area. And it's super cool, but it's challenging too. Like I have to be on my game. Like I have to absolutely know what's up. So I'm lucky enough that this area is also um, a really great classroom. So there are some of the world's most important scientists, you know, out of here, out of the Glacier National Park, the National Forest, and, and the USGS, um, the BLM folks who are here. Like there's just, so many resources um, for guides to to learn. And a lot of the guides who work here, they have to go and do their homework and learn about this area and understand the resource, understand the ecosystem, understand our role in it um, in order to ask those quest- answer those questions, because they're definitely being asked. If you think people aren't going to ask them, then you're going to be deer in the headlights when they do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it just comes up. Um, people get in, get in my boat and um, it might just start with something like, so uh, this this water's glacier fed, right? You know, <laughs> and um, yeah. they, they already know that much. And um, or it might be, hey, Eli, I heard you guys might have a couple of stoneflies going on the endangered species list. Or it might be, hey, what's up with the hybridization of rainbow and cutthroat that's uh, impacted by climate change? You know, it's super um, sophisticated stuff people are asking. And um, I think it's really cool. So for me, um, you know, being able to identify those resources like American Rivers, being able to work with American Rivers and get those answers um, to be able to articulate them, uh, try to anyway, (laughs) is uh, definitely part of the job and probably part of the job that some some people may not guess that you're going to have when you get in that middle seat.
1: Absolutely. No, and that is, honestly, I mean, from my guiding perspective, as you said, it's not about the casting, it's not about, you know, how many fish did you catch today? It's really, we are some of the greatest stewards, not only for what's going on in our boat, and at the moment, you know, as far as conservation issues go, Mm -hmm. but then to sharing that information for future generations, because we're on the water day in Mm -hmm. and day out. And so we're seeing these, you know, even small incremental changes, but really, we have a, a good grasp on the greater picture and actually kind of what's mm-hmm. going on out there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
2: yep. Yeah, for sure. And, and we don't, to be fair to, to be fair to us, <laughs> we don't have to have <laughs> all of the exact answers, but we can be a really good resource. Yeah. So a lot of yeah. times when I, if I don't know um, a, you know, super technical law or um, some like really specific piece of, uh, river legislation, or science, or something—it's. Um, I feel my responsibility to help them find that. So to be a resource, um, so I do drive a lot of people to um, places and people who who I know have the answers. You know, like the folks over at American Rivers for sure. So um, I think you know that's kind of one of the things is I, I don't want to put too much pressure on guides and say like you know we have to be like these major scientists and hydrology Walking, experts. But <laughs> yeah, we we need, we need definitely need to know what's up for sure, but also just being a resource, being able to be connected with different organizations and people and um, different resources for people to go and learn. So um, that's kind of, I think, one of the things that it, it's not just unique about this area. You know, um, there's a lot about this area that uh, people are looking at just because we're at Glacier National Park and it's very much in the news, but um, but all across Montana, guides are doing the same thing, needing to learn about um, a, a little bit more, go a little bit deeper <laughs> than just the actual act of fly fishing in term in uh, to be a good guide and keep keep people in the know.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and you know it's great as you said with American Rivers, it's being a guide it, it's we're almost acting as a conduit between you know the boat and these great organizations like american rivers Montana's for healthy rivers mm-hmm. the clark fort clark coalition clark. is one that we have local you know the child unlimited chapters it's almost mm-hmm. a conduit to get these folks not only as you said you know more educated myself included but then to to connect them with these organizations that are really boots on the ground with some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. No, I, yeah, yeah, well said. So I'm gonna kind of shift gears here. I I, I wanna just, come back to if this bill is passed, how mm-hmm. do you see this area benefiting from the protection? I know we kind of spoke on that from the headwaters mm-hmm. down. Um, maybe you could just add one more point of why this would be even a greater asset.
2: Well, it's cool that, um, you know, with fewer than one quarter of 1% of the nation's rivers under wild and scenic rivers protection, and here in this area, we have three, we've been able to set a standard to show what you get when a river is protected. So we've been in this area, really an example because we do have such a concentration of river protection. So when people want to see what a protected river looks like, this is a really great place to to look. And so um, because it it is in that, um, I don't want to say it's really set on a pedestal, but it is an example, um, we have to do an even greater job to protect it. So being able to have Those Clack Gateway Strawberry Schaefer um, all be part of this Crown of the Continent proposal. If that passes, um, then that can ensure that this area continues to be that example that doesn't go unchanged. Because how embarrassing, right? If we're like, "Hey, look over here. Here's how great our protections are," and then suddenly you're like, "Oh wait, never mind. Lost them all. (laughs) Like, it you know, no good, no good anymore. Don't come here." Um, So. It, it, we've got because we've we've already shown people that this is what what we're aiming for when we protect a river when you adopt it when you take you know believe that you can help it um, that it's going to look like this we have to do everything in our power to make sure that um, that's the best that we that we're doing and being able to protect those trips is um, is taking that next step so I I think that the benefit to us in protecting those means that we can continue to show people, um, how pristine a river can be. Um, and without having somebody ha- be able to call our bluff by being like, actually you're all wrecked up high. Like in the movie, Clueless, the full on Monet, remember? And she's like, <laughs> it looks good from afar and then you get close up and it's a mess. Don't quote me exactly. My Alicia Silverstone might be a little off, but, um, but it could be a full-on Monet. You could like get super close up into those tribs, and they're a total mess because we, you know, are all thinking that we're all that by having these protected rivers. But we didn't, you know, get close enough and look and see. Oh wait, the headwaters really um, needed to to get a closer attention. And and if we don't look at it, I promise somebody will. And it could be the wrong person. It could be the person who wants to exploit it, who wants to extract from it, who wants to take more than their fair share. And so if if we as river lovers and river stewards, protectors, um, and who people, we being people who benefit from them down river, if we don't look at that, somebody else is going to first. And then we're going to be here hold, wearing this badge of, oh, but we have a wild and scenic river and yet forgot to take a look at what was above it.
1: Absolutely. No, that's a great, great way to put it. Amen to that. So, I was hoping you might share just a kind of a quick story off the top of your head um, in which a client, either new or returning, you don't have to name names, <laughs> but uh, demonstrated conservation ethics. Uh, I kind of want you to boast a little bit, like kind of a proud guide moment mm. for you and your, your conservation teachings. And and this truly doesn't even have to be a client. Like I know you have yeah. two great girls that you you are, Raising to be great river stewards. So client uh, daughters, just someone that you have, um, and you can both, someone that you have uh, <laughs> bestowed your 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 conservation teachings to.
2: Oh, that's, that's so nice. Well, um, okay. So I can do, I can kill two birds with one stone. I can do a two and one <laughs> there. Um, and this is just going to, be a little braggadocious here because i am quite proud of my daughters but um they uh they both uh work where i work and and where i started so they're both working up on the middle fork of the flathead um ella my oldest training to be a guide she was working in the fly shop um in west glacier this last summer and delaney my youngest is working in the shop as well and um and so they're you know they're there when i get off the river we both go early we all three go early in the morning up to west glacier and and get on the river and um i had uh some people get on my boat and um they had booked because one of my daughters and i can't remember which one but this has actually happened several times had talked to them in the shop and um and they said oh yeah so you know we're, we're super excited we just became uh, a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and we just became a member of Protect Our Winters, and we just became a member of Trout Unlimited, and we just joined American Rivers. And I was like, wow, how? And they were like, well, because we talked to your daughters. And they said, you have to do that first. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And, and yeah, so um, it it is awesome because, you know, what I've tried to tell them is that these are public lands where, where we um, are lucky enough to be allowed to work and play in a place where the Blackfeet Indians, the Salish and Kootenai um, were here long before us and where they set the standard of being river stewards. And it is the absolute least we can do um, to, to first commit to the resource and before we can play and certainly before we can work. So, um, so I, I mean, I, I know it sounds like kind of a simple way of, of that committing to the resource first, but that was the way that came from them to these clients was, okay, well you, you need to give back. <laughs> and this is, this is where we give, you know, so, um, which I think I was cool because havoc. it was like, as they're booking trips, you know, these are the things. And I, and that wasn't something I told them. I certainly didn't say, you need to tell people to join these organizations. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't, that's not at all. And that is not how I feel. I don't feel like anybody needs to do that. It, it was the way it was interpreted because the girls are telling them um, that this is how my mom feels, that you need to commit to protecting the resource before you can get after it and play or before you can work. And, um, and they, you know, ask kind of, what the girls are involved in. And those are the different organizations that we're, you know, we tend to be active in here. And then, you know, just doing a couple of Google searches and finding um, our connections to those too. So I thought that was kind of a, a fun and heartwarming moment um, when, you know, and, and that's happened before. It's happened other times too, where clients have told me that um, they've done a river cleanup or they've done something because of Either somebody in my fly shop in town or um, fly shop I work at up in West Glacier where my daughter's work, you know, has has said that that's the starting point. That makes me proud is where people who work in the industry say, OK, before you learn to cast, before you can even get on that boat, um, you first have to commit to protecting the resource and then it can be fun and games. And then we can get serious about it. But but <laughs> first, let's take this step. It's It's like getting your license, you know.
1: Oh, that is awesome. Well, I thank them both personally. That is, that's <laughs> a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, oh
2: yeah. Hopefully they didn't say like, well, you can't go with my mom unless you <laughs> 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 unless you do these things. I don't think that was the case, but I, I do know that, that, um, that that's something that they try to drive home is that, you know, um, we are, we are here where the Blackfeet, Sales, and Kootenai have been for such a long time taking care of it, we've got to continue to um, to not, we know we're making an impact just by being human and being here. Um, but we need to be able to do as little harm as possible and to really fight to protect it. And, um, and mostly because it is our home planet, we share it with our neighbors.
1: Absolutely. I would, I hope that some folks take a page out of your daughter's books. <laughs> the the artist they're so funny and yeah in the name of conservation i love it fantastic
2: yeah That's yeah great. well no somebody said the other thing too that you know anybody who has teenagers especially girls know they can talk a lot and sometimes it's just i don't even know what it's about i can't even keep up i have no idea what they're even talking about um and i can't get a word in edgewise and and then other times when i ask them a question a deep question they don't answer. <clears throat> they, you know, I can't I can't get them to talk about what I want to talk about. But then I have a client get on my boat and they say, well, I was talking to your daughters and they told me this. And it, it's something pretty profound about uh rivers. And that is when I'm really proud. And um, one of them, one of my clients told me, um, they said, oh, I, I heard, you know, what your daughter wants to do for a living. And I was like, you did? Because I have no idea. I have no idea. And they're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she she wants to um kind of do what you do but without the guiding and and she doesn't ever want to like get her picture taken. Nothing in the spotlight, nothing, you know, and, and um and no guiding. And I was like, Well what it then then what do you mean? And they were like, Well she wants to write for conservation um publications or write environmental policy. And I was like, Wow like that's what she that's what my kid thinks I do, you know. Um, which is I never considered, you know, I never thought about that. So that is a cool thing when you can take a step back and look at being a guide as something that um, is is a little deeper and you can be proud of and not just like, when do I get a real job? Absolutely. And I think that's that's a testament to you.
1: You know, you're not only passing these, you know, great, solid ethics on to your daughters, but also clients and you should definitely pat yourself on well, the back.
2: That was wonderful. That's, <laughs> that's sweet, but it's, it's the river. I mean, it, you can't yeah. knock when you're, when you're here, you know. That's just the river talking for sure.
1: Absolutely. So before I take up any more of your time, lastly, this is kind of tying right into that thread. If you had a message for folks right now or could encourage others listening to take action, what would you ask them to do?
2: I think um I think first if we take a step back before we act and we really think about that these things are important and, and um and why we're doing it, then you can then you can think about it not just being like a check the box because I think right now we've gotten and this is a good thing, very good at you know, talking to our elected leadership at um, activating, mobilizing, getting together and working, you know, as a team, we've gotten we've gotten good at that in, in terms of um, trying to protect the planet. But um, if you really think about it being something more than, than just checking the box, then you'll be able to find a lot of different roles and opportunities there as opposed to maybe just contacting your elected leadership. So, for example... Um, if you wanted to be active in this Crown of the Continent proposal, um, being able to communicate with Montana's for a Healthy Rivers, American Rivers, folks who are really advocating for this proposal to pass, um, you'll find a slew of different potential roles and responsibilities, as opposed to just writing a letter, as opposed to just um, You know raising your hand and saying i think that's a good thing um there certainly can be a lot of multimedia things like like letter writing um like communicating with your art and your talents um being able to talk to people interview people who have who have been there who know about it being able to tell their stories um because I can't you can't expect everybody to get way back into the bob and and um get into these zones and like really understand them but then Help people get out on rivers, um, anywhere downriver, any river that is important to you. It could be smack dab in the mi- in the middle of the municipality. But get out there and see how that river impacts the local economy. Understand the history. Understand um, the, the people who have been there long before us and the native peoples. Understand like our role here, and um, and then you can start to take action. Because I think if we just boom like yes, we let's do this without really feeling it and, and getting it, um, then that's just a one-time thing. But as soon as you start to realize that we have a, a purpose here, a responsibility here, um, and that it can be fun to work together and save rivers, then it's a lifelong thing. Then you look for the next thing. You don't just wait for the next piece of legislation to come out and raise your hand. You, you kind of look for how you can help out and be part of the greater community. Because it's not it shouldn't always be when there's legislation it shouldn't always be when there's just a bill to pass it can be every day it can be smacked up in the middle of the town um, certainly anything that is going on with the land and water conservation fund can be every single day and um, and you'll begin to see those you'll begin to see those opportunities that where you can use your talents that go beyond checking a box fantastic well hillary thank you so much
1: for being such a champion of conservation and for joining us here today and really, truly for not only speaking up for Montana, but also the nation. I think I speak for us all, not only here in the fly fishing industry, but other industries as well. We absolutely applaud and appreciate your dedication to this. You're tremendous. Uh,
2: No, no, no worries, Kinsley. We're all in it together. I'm super psyched to be able to be in this industry, to have friends like you and, um, you being, you know, doing this, this podcast, for example, is so awesome because one, it tells me we need to hang out more because we shouldn't just be talking, you know, <laughs> on a podcast like that <laughs> because or, like seeing each together. other in
1: Charlie B's, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fine. We just need to do that more <laughs> when it's safe. <laughs> more. Um, yes. yes. But yeah, but, um, but I do, I, it does uh, get me all warm and fuzzy thinking about this great um, community that we have. In fly fishing, a group of river lovers and um, and just folks too. Anybody who's ever I count anyone who's been to a river, hangs out along a river, has had a river experience or story to tell as one of us. I really do. I think that it's not just some weird elite group. We are a little weird, but um, anybody falls into that category who has spent time along a river because um, you're you are, in my opinion, um, instantly one of us.
1: I agree 100%. Thank you for putting that to words. And thank you again for joining us. Tell Eben I say hello. You bet. And thank your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. We'll
2: do both of those. Thanks, Ken. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you, Hillary.
0: From all of us here at Montanans for Healthy Rivers, thank you for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about the Crown of the Continent proposal, the Montana Headwaters Legacy app, and to join our efforts, please visit MT. Dot .org to add your endorsement.